The NetBank Business Accelerator guides entrepreneurs to build future-proof businesses beyond external threats, beyond internal challenges. Here's one of our success stories. Welcome to another podcast episode on people issues in partnerships brought to you by the NetBank Business Accelerator. We look at what reasons people get involved in partnerships for, how do they choose partners, what works, most importantly, what doesn't work, and how do you address it. Often, the biggest victim of every partnership going wrong is the business itself. Speaking from the voice of the business, I'm going to be asking Lynn Scullard, a seasoned business builder, a seasoned entrepreneur, a little bit about her history and partnerships. She's had many. Some have been great. Some have not been. She's learned a lot from it. And hopefully we will draw that knowledge from her entering into partnerships. Lynn, thank you for giving up the time. Tell us a little bit about you and the business you've built. Thanks, Pavlo. Thanks very much for having me on the podcast. Um, I've, as you know, built quite a few businesses. And um, you know, I am absolutely passionate about growth and development of people and South Africa in particular. So I've spent my time really developing people with skills to enable them to get work and with you know, the express intention of aligning them to get proper jobs or income producing opportunities. In establishing that business, did you start it on your own and did you take partners on at any point in time? Yeah, so I did start it on my own, sort of just really from the ground up. Um, I was lucky enough to win a competition with one of the big mining houses and I considered my first partnership, which worked really well. And then later, you know, trying to enable the business to the next level of growth, I was trying to find a really strong operational partner. And I, I went down two different partnerships to try and enable that. So did you realize at some point in time that your particular skill set was more on the startup phase? It was more around the promotion. It was more about generating the market. And you needed, in order to support what you were saying, good operational skills behind you. Is that what you were seeking in a partnership? Absolutely. That's exactly what I was seeking. How did you go about finding it? I kind of had two experiences. So on both occasions, I knew the CEOs of the respective businesses that I actually partnered with, and I, I'd known them from different environments. So in both cases, I'd worked with people somehow in the past, and you know, I felt quite comfortable that they would be able to, to offer the, what they said that they'd be able to offer, basically. And yet, they didn't, or did they? <laughs> well, you know, I guess... I think for these kind of conversations, there's always three sides to a story, and I'm sure if you see the other side, they'll have their own version. But I think the one lesson that I've learned out of it is that we often, as entrepreneurs, underestimate our own skill set because we know what we're really good at. And, you know, the things that we don't really love, we kind of think, well, somebody else should do that because that's where their strengths lie. You know, does it have to be a partnership? I think I'm rethinking that a lot now because especially today with technology, there are so many systems and processes that can make your business work much more easily. And, um, you know, in both cases, it started off really well. But in my experience, people partner with you because they see something that they love, that they're attracted to, that they like what you're doing with it. And then once you're involved, they want you to do it their way, not your way. And, you know, in certain instances, you should be flexible, but in some instances, you just know what the value of the brand and the work is that you're doing. And, you know, you try and hold on to that and it's very hard. So, Lynn, how would you avoid that in the future? If you get into a partnership because you've grown a business to a certain level, it's growing well beyond your, let's say, capability to manage from a time point of view. It needs more skills on board. And let's say you are in a growth phase, so you don't necessarily have the big budgets to bring on great staff. The right approach might be to bring on a partner. How would you do it retrospectively? I think 
the big thing is aligning the values and really testing that. I mean, you know, in, in many of the partnerships that I've been involved in, we do due diligence, but you know, everyone agrees that the due diligence is, is good when you engage. And then 10 months down the line, when a finger needs to be pointed, then all of a sudden nobody can remember doing the due diligence. So I think it's not a good enough way to engage. I think really aligning values and testing that upfront before you sign that shareholders agreement is for me what I would certainly do next. Values are hard to test though because values can be somewhat nebulous and typically you test them through scenarios. So for example, if I'm working with you and I say to you, no Lynn, at the moment we're doing a turnover of 15, 20 million rand a year. The moment we get to 40 million rand a year, will your attitude, for example, to money change? Will your attitude to accountability and responsibility change? How do you test these things up front? It is a very difficult one. But the first thing I would say is that a lot of values are put up on walls with visions and missions and stuff like that, you know. But behavior actually tells the story from quite early on. And I think for me, certainly trust your instincts. You know, if you have to go down the line of questioning certain things more than once, twice, three times a week, then early on, you know that this isn't actually something that's working. You must trust your instincts with that. And that I think we, we get so excited with partnerships that we go down due diligence, we sign the shareholders agreement, and then a few months down the line, we go, actually, was this really it? Whereas it should be the other way around. So let's do the due diligence. Let's put ourselves into maybe a supplier agreement until we, we see that this is going to work for both parties and then take it further. Fantastic, Lynn. Mm -hmm. That's Lynn Scullard, who has given us some great insights. She's been there. You can feel it. You can hear it. You can almost see it. It's something we all do. Don't ever underestimate yourself. You often know more than you realize. Next, if you get into a partnership because you're looking for complementary skill sets, that doesn't necessarily mean you might have the same interests. It means that you've got complementary skill sets. If you get into that relationship, stay in your sandpit. Don't interfere in the domain and the space of your partner. It creates doubt. It suggests a lack of trust. The only way that you measure performance in those instances is through action and numbers. But don't interfere otherwise. Next, test the values of the person you're getting involved with. Money is such a complicated thing. I have seen great partnerships break the moment the business turns, the moment it starts to make real money. I have seen people want to change their roles, change their accountabilities, step back when others are still driven. When those agendas change, it's time for the right discussion. Finally, if you think you saw it, you did. Malcolm Gladwell wrote a book called Blink. He said, if you sort out the corner of your eye, if in that blink you suspected that the person you're getting involved with is not the right person, don't let your confirmation bias supersede that. The confirmation bias is that exact excitement that Lynn was speaking about, the enthusiasm and the anticipation of what we together can achieve the moment we get going. Let's move on it, and I'm sure that what I thought might be a suspicious issue or something that I'm not comfortable with, well, maybe I'm just being paranoid. Don't. You are being paranoid, and the paranoia is fairly well-founded. I'm Pavlo Fatidis. Thank you for joining us again on this series of the NetBank Business Accelerator podcast, brought to you by 702 and Cape Talk.